0: Guy, coming in not live from New Hampshire. And today, well, today the Kai Guy show is jumping into the world of politics with our first ever endorsement. Uh, it's a fitting endorsement as I'm endorsing my dad who's running for U.S. Senate. Um, Father's Day, so seems about right. Uh, sorry that I haven't posted in a while. It's been a nice start to summer, gotten a little relaxing. been working on a big Lego uh, let's just jump right into the interview guys. So my dad's right here with us. Hi daddy.
1: Hey Kai, how are you? Thanks for having me. It's an exciting day for me.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to start right with questions. So my first question is when, when did you decide that you would run?
1: Well, Kai, it's an interesting question. You know, I've always thought about finding a way to be involved in public service. I've always felt it would be a nice thing to do, would be to give back to this wonderful nation of ours. Um, And as you probably remember, um, and it's, again, an appropriate conversation for Father's Day, uh, your grandfather, my father, um, came in search of a better life. Uh, So actually, why don't you share with everyone uh, the story of Grandpa Vishnu and how he got here?
0: So my grandfather, during the partition between India and Pakistan, my grandfather was essentially on the wrong side of a line that Britain drew. and so he had to leave. He ended up getting he middle of the night, he walked with his family to a port. Uh, he got into the like cargo bay of a ship, and they sailed from Karachi to what was then bombay but is now mumbai
1: well kai remember he was there in a refugee camp i think with his family and then they finally got settled and then i I think you know although i don't know if he told you that but then he eventually went over to africa right and he worked over there before coming to the united states
0: right and when he came to the united states he worked as a car mechanic and in hotels i think
1: yep drove a taxi did everything that was sort of the classic immigrant story But in any case, uh, part of the reason to tell that story is, you know, obviously, Grandpa Vishnu came here seeking a better life, and I've benefited from that. And so my question and his question to me was, well, is Kai going to have as many opportunities as we had, as I had? Um, And so we were not sure, given what was happening in the world and in particular, some of the dynamics uh, in the United States with economic issues and some of the political issues around the world. And, you know, we kind of felt like if I'm not going to try to help fix it, who will? You know, Grandpa Vishnu always taught me that if you're not part of the solution, well, then you're probably part of the problem. So if you're able to fix and help, you should try. So that was one of my motivations for running for office, which I said, let me see if I can contribute, if I can help make this country a little bit better.
0: Right? That's an amazing thing to do, in my opinion. So... Just getting into a little bit more of the specifics, what are the main policies of your campaign?
1: Well, Kai, in terms of the policies of my uh, campaign, there really are three main policies that I want to promote. The first is we have to contain the runaway inflation. As you know, prices have been going up in almost everything. Just yesterday when I went to Shaw's, I think I spent $40 for pork, some vegetables, and milk that's a lot more than we used to spend on the same basket, if you will. Uh, So we know there's inflation and the question is why? And one of the reasons is the government has borrowed too much money, spent too much money, and it out too much money. Another reason is when the cost of money, the interest rates are really low, people borrow a lot more money than they otherwise would because they can afford to borrow more money. And what do they do with that money? They buy the same goods that everyone else is but trying to buy with that money and that makes all the prices go up uh, unless we have better supply. And we haven't had that. So as you know, we've had supply chain disruptions. There's been a lot of reasons for that. One of the reasons was COVID and the pandemic uh, shutting down ports. There's other reasons, uh, the, the trade war and some of the conflict with other countries, including China. And, you know, that's another issue that we'll come back to. But the truth is to contain the inflation, we need to borrow less and spend less money. And that's something the U.S. government has done. Secondly, as you know, it's gotten really expensive to fill up our car, right? The Jeep, I think, what did I spend yesterday? I think it was like $114 to fill it up. That's a lot more than it used to be. And that's because of energy policy, which is really number two on my platform, which is we went from a time when we were exporting oil and gas to our friends and allies, to a world where today we are importing from countries that don't like us. You remember we imported from Russia and then, you know, the administration said we can't do that because we're funding the war in Ukraine. So they decided to replace Russian oil with oil from Venezuela, Iran or Saudi Arabia or other countries that really aren't friends of ours. So that's a problem. And you can ask the question, which is why did we stop Uh, producing as much oil and gas here in the United States. And one of the reasons is this belief in climate change mitigation, saying that we need to minimize the amount of hydrocarbons and fossil fuels that we're burning because it's hurting the atmosphere. Now, I would be okay with stopping U.S. energy or, or lowering U.S. energy production if it actually helped the environment, but it's not going to. And here's the reason why. We're still getting the oil. We're still using oil and it's being produced by other nations. And they produce oil that is less environmentally sensitive when it's produced, right? In America, we capture the methane that comes out of oil and gas drilling wells. Um, you know, By the way, transporting the oil by tankers takes a lot of oil. So when you bring oil from the Middle East to the United States, you burn a lot of oil to bring the oil here. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily make it better to not use oil and gas from the United States. And in fact, if you really want it to be precise, and I've tried to explain this to some people, that if you wanted to save the environment and have less carbon emitted, you would actually produce more oil and gas in the United States and have less oil and gas produced elsewhere in the world because our production is more environmentally sensitive, more environmentally appropriate. We have better standards. So there's a lot of reasons why I think U.S. energy policy should revert to where it once was, which was we had an all-of-the-above energy policy where we were energy independent. So that's number two. And then number three, which is a really important topic, I think to a lot of people, is you know how the. US is viewed internationally. And you know we've had a unfortunate negative, embarrassing extraction of US uh, presence from Afghanistan. So that was a really problematic thing. Um, but I think we need to restore American strength abroad because if we do, then our enemies take notice. And when they see weakness, they take advantage. And so I'm really worried about US relations with China right now. I think we need to acknowledge that China is not just a competitor, but is in fact a strategic rival, that they are trying to compete with us on so many fronts beyond economics, whether it's values, whether it's military, whether it's economics, whether it's in space. Uh, In almost all domains of life, China is now a rival. And we need to be wary of that, and we need to position for that. So, you know, I think those are three. Three big policies that are part of my platform which is number one contain the inflation slow down the government spending stop the handouts number two get energy policy right and that means an all of the above energy policy and let's actually support us oil and gas production because it's good for america it's good for our economy and it's actually better for the global environment and then number three, let's start focusing on American strength abroad, because if we have American strength at home and American strength at abroad, we will have a better world for us and our you know rivals and, and competitors will take notice. And so those are the three main issues. There's other issues, too, but those are the three big ones.
0: Right. So clearly all of those sound like great policies that would help a lot of people. So how are you going to get your name out there so people know who you are?
1: Oh, you're saying for the uh, for the election. Yes. How do I get noticed? How do I build my name ID? So one of the things I'm doing, as you probably are aware, uh, because I'm not around on Saturdays as much anymore, is I'm visiting a lot of town barbecues and parades and, and meeting people. Back in the day, you probably wouldn't understand what this means, but it used to be called sort of kissing babies and shaking hands, where you would run around. That's You can't really do that after COVID, but <laughs> you used to run around and uh, just meet a lot of people. So that's part one. Part two, of course, is I write my ideas up in op-eds and we get them out there on social media and in the regular press. As you remember, last week we had a uh, a TV interview where uh, WMUR interviewed me because of my declaration when we were at the Statehouse. You were there, that was a nice picture of you. Uh, So media and some of the news companies will cover the campaign. And then, you know, the other thing we, we may end up doing is if we're able to generate enough money and get resources, we'll probably have some TV advertisements, and that may also be on digital as well as TV. So we might have advertisements on YouTube or some of the, the sort of digital networks as well as out there on regular TV. So those are the ways we're going to try to build up name ID, as they call it.
0: All right. So that all sounds great, and as we've learned, your parents came here in a very... Tough kind of environment, and they worked their way to the point where you could consider even running. So how did that happen? How did you get to this point?
1: Okay, so this is a much longer story, probably longer than any of your listeners want to hear. But as you know, um, my parents came, and I grew up in New Jersey. And when I grew up in New Jersey, I was okay at you know sports and pretty good at studying. So I studied, studied, studied. And I did well. And so I was valedictorian in my high school. And then I went off to college and I got a scholarship um, and also took out some loans to go to Yale. And that's where I met your lovely mother, Kristen. Um, And when I graduated, I actually really wanted to go into the foreign service. I wanted to actually work in the state department, but they did not pay as much as some of the consulting firms and investment banks did. and so. I had a pile of debt and I said, one of the things I should do is pay off that debt. And so I worked at the highest paying consulting jobs I could get for a couple of years till I paid off the debt. Um, Kristen and I got married um, in 2001 and when we did, she was in law school. So even though I wanted to go to graduate school, I thought it was her turn, to let her finish. And when she finished law school and I had paid off my college loans we decided it was time Kristen would become a lawyer, start working on paying off some of her loans, and then I would be able to take fewer loans when I went to grad school, and I got a scholarship there as well. Um, So that was the sort of early part of my career, and then after I had my PhD, I started teaching at Yale, and I was working in finance, um, and uh, we paid off all our loans. You know, it makes us feel a little bit, uh, it doesn't make it, feel great when they're talking about paying off people's loans today for free, where the government would just pay them off, because we work pretty hard to pay off our loans. Um, but in any case, we ended up, um, I guess, living and working together at the same time in, uh, Kristen was a lawyer, I was in finance. And so we finally started digging ourselves out of the holes of graduate school debt. And that's when we started saving, and then eventually got ourselves a home and started a family um and i was teaching at yale and then i wrote a book and then i started teaching at harvard and i wrote another book and and uh and that's really how i got in this position i guess i don't know what else to say i don't know if there's something specific you want to ask about but that's the background
0: yeah it's a pretty cool background in my opinion so one last question what differentiates you from the other candidates
1: well that's a really interesting question because uh, there's a pretty big field. And when I say field, we're talking about the number of other candidates. Right now, officially in New Hampshire, I believe there are 11 candidates running for this US Senate nomination on the GOP side. Uh, so that's a big, big field. Um, and I honestly don't even know all of them. Um, but there are really uh, a bunch of us that are seen pretty frequently at some of the town meetings, at the parades, at the parties, etc. cetera. And so um, in that world, I, I think I can describe how I'm different than the other candidates. And you know, all the candidates are great for different reasons. Um, I think my experience um, being as broad as it has been makes me a little different because number one, I'm a business guy. I'm not a politician. I've In fact, as you know, guy, I've never run for office. I've never done anything in government. I've never worked in politics at all. Uh, So, but what I do bring is a fresh perspective. You know, there's a saying that people have, which is if you keep doing the same thing and you expect a different outcome, well, that's the definition of insanity, right? Because what you need to do is do something differently. If If you were seeking a different outcome, well then try a different approach. Well, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, that politics as usual is not working. And I think the American people and the citizens and residents of New Hampshire also believe that, in which case they may wanna have a non-politician, a business guy. And that's something that I think I am, that others are maybe not as uh, business focused. Uh, So that's number one. Number two, I have a lot of foreign experience. I've worked globally, as you know, because when you were little, I'd be traveling in Australia and Malaysia and Japan or Africa or Europe or Latin America. I've traveled all over the world and worked with companies and governments and and journalists and academics and business leaders all over the world. And that's given me a unique perspective to interface on global industries, such as the energy industry, or other industries that involve commodities, uh, or even alternative energies. And you know, when people talk, for instance, about batteries and all the materials we need to develop electric vehicles, well, I've actually been to the mines in Australia where they get the lithium. I've actually been to the desert in Chile where they extract some of the lithium. So I've actually seen this stuff. I've met the people doing it and I think I have a better understanding of global industries, global supply chains than others. Relating to foreign policy, I also, and I don't know if you know this actually, it's pretty interesting. You know, when I finished high school, um, I ended up at Yale studying Chinese. So I was an East Asian studies major and I actually learned how to speak Mandarin. I worked at the U.S. Embassy in Beijing, actually, the summer of 1995 as an intern uh, after spending two summers working at the American Enterprise Institute. That's a uh, a think tank. A think tank's kind of like a university that doesn't teach. I guess that's one way to think of it uh, in Washington, D.C. But when I was at that think tank called the American Enterprise Institute, I studied China. So I spent two summers studying China, then I went over and worked at the U.S. Embassy, and I've been paying attention to China, Kai, for 30 years. And so Kai, I think it does take people like me that have an understanding of China, its culture, its framework for strategic thinking, to really be able to negotiate against China going forward. And so I think that makes me different than some of my other, uh, uh, some of the other candidates against whom I'm running. Um, And I also think it's important for us to think about China and their role in the world economy differently. So we have supply chains, some of the stuff we get that we depend on in America comes from China. And you know what, if we end up being real rivals with China, I really don't want to be dependent on them for some stuff that we desperately need to have. For instance, 90-something percent of acetaminophen, vitamin C, and other active pharmaceutical ingredients come from China. That makes me nervous, and I think having an understanding of China will help position the United States better for its uh, strategic rivalry with that country. And so I think what makes me unique is I'm a business guy. Um, Number two, I have a global approach and perspective for business and energy. Number three, I've been paying attention to China and global foreign affairs and national security for 30 years. And then I would say number four is, you know, you know, I've taught classes on economics. I wrote a book about economics. I've advised big companies about economics. So understanding inflation and growth and how to produce growth and create new innovations is something I've also studied. My PhD was actually in the topic of innovation. So this is a topic I've spent a lot of time thinking about. And so when you put that all together, Kai, with the issues of the day, whether it's inflation or foreign affairs or national security or energy policy, I think I have a unique set of experiences that makes me qualified to do the job well. Amazing. So, so there you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, it's truly amazing. So. This has been actually the third time you're on the show, and it's been a pleasure to have you again.
1: Well, thanks, Kai. I'm I'm super excited, and you know I will happily say, you are my first endorsement um, in this race. So I am honored that the Kai Guy Show had me back on for a third time and uh, have, has chosen to endorse my candidacy for the U.S. Senate here in New Hampshire. So thank you, Kai. I couldn't think of a better Father's Day present. <laughs>
0: Well, that's about all I have to say today. So I'll see you guys next time on The Kai Guys Show.